And welcome, folks, to episode 37 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known as the True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy. A.K.A. King Willie. <laughs> King Willie, man. Voodoo Parsi. Happy New Year, my man Andy. How are you today? Happy New Year. I'm doing good. You all right? Yes, I'm okay. Yeah, 2019. Here we come. Woohoo. Yeah. Big year. Big upcoming year. Big year for Dice Masters, I reckon. Do you think? Yeah, sure, man. So we've got Justice is, what, coming up February. So, you know, we'll see that in the summer. Then um, the X-Men set, the WWE, and, as we'll speak about more shortly, uh, there's been a new 40k box announced. That's four sets already. That's one a quarter. In my wallet crying in the background. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's too bad. No, no, it's very good. Not, not as bad as the uh, the four month back to back grab feed run, the legendary <laughs> uh, <laughs> legendary run of 2017. Yes, we're back, folks, after a, a lengthy festive break. How long? How long has it been since we've recorded? Now, when was episode 36? It's a while ago, wasn't it? It's about three, four weeks. Yeah, it has been about three, four weeks. Though, if, if in case you missed it, in all the festive excitement, we did put a Christmas special episode out on um, Christmas Eve. So go back through your podcast feed in case you missed that. Uh, I, I suspect people are getting back into the world of commuting to and from work. Their podcast activity will probably increase. So the, the, you might find you got two, this one and our last one, to um, to enjoy. Absolutely, yeah, but it's been quite a few weeks. A lot going on. What have you been up to over this, this festive period? Any new games from Father Christmas? Oh, well, I was I was lucky enough to get the battle for Ultramar Warhammer 40k Dice Masters set and the uh, respective team packs, the Space Wolves and the Orcs, although I've not cracked them out yet, so I've not actually played around that much with them. Just been uh, pouring over them and, and stare at them and <laughs> looking longingly at them. Stroking uh, which them, is, uh, enjoying yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> tucking them up next to me at night. So, uh, so that was uh, was very nice. Um, I've got in loads of different games. I mean, gaming-wise, we played some Dice Masters, me and you, whilst we've yes. not been bothering to record. We've still phoned each other or, or Hangout, Google Hangouts, or whatever that's called, and played some games. Did some, well, you did. We, 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 I don't think we've done any more 10 in 10 since we last recorded. Uh, no, we haven't. So um, just... Uh, again, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail, but we've got an event coming up over here that's a single affiliation event, haven't we? So we've been getting our reps in for that. We have indeed, although I think mine needs a little bit more work, but we'll, uh, we've got a few weeks yet. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> bit of work. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my D&D Harper team is not going as well as I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but just think of all those action spell cards that you can use, my man. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's just elf thieves, just by my four elf thieves. Oh, um, yeah. Anything to get you. No, well, that, well, then yeah, that, that elf thief in, that pointy-eared idiot. Yeah, but then have no wind con or ramp or anything else. Uh, so, yeah, we've been playing around with some single affiliation. I think we'll keep under wraps what we've been playing with maybe until after the event. And Yes, and make sure that we can win another one of our own events, which uh, the last couple <laughs> we've done, <laughs> yeah, which is nice. Um, other games played. Uh, f- played again. Mansions of Madness. Oh yeah, uh, sure. that was that was fun. Got back into that after previous history of going insane with whoever I choose. I, I 
chose the one with the, the highest sanity level and managed to avoid going mad for the first hey. time playing any of these games, which was cool. Um, <laughs> play, got some Arkham Horror, the card game on the go, which is something that I, I bought quite a lot of uh, when it first came out. I kind of tailed away from it slightly, but got them all in my basket ready to purchase. Uh, is, that but that's, that, is that the one that Javier is into? Yes, yeah, we have played. Um, we, mm. I used to play it quite a lot with him, but then he, he moved away. But yeah, I played it with him. It's a fantasy flight one. <clears throat> yeah, uh, sure, sure, sure. It's very it's co-op. So it's nice that you don't have to like hammer each other. You're trying to kind of work together against mm. a common enemy. Uh, but yeah, I thoroughly recommend that. What else have I played? I played a, a little game that uh, called Formula D. I don't know that one. What's that one? Uh, it's it's a track, but it's, it's you've got a racetrack. The board is a racetrack, and your oh. piece is a racing car. Yeah. Uh, and you can go up gears, down gears, and the dice. The higher your gear, the bigger your dice is. So that was like a D30 when you're in sixth gear, uh, and um, you're just trying to race around. You've got to shift down gears for the corners. That's uh, a really cool little game that's played a few games off now, which is nice. I have and, seen it. I uh, do know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's dead smart. There's a few expansions that look interesting, and you can play like the Formula One Monaco track, and then on the reverse, it's like a street racer with different characters and different special abilities. So it's quite simple to pick up, but then there's different layers of complexity, so that's quite fun. Uh, and uh, I played a game of Ticket to Ride. Ooh, that's a that's a old school classic, that one. It is, and I'm not a massive fan of oh, no? any any form of boxed game with a sepia kind of art on the front. <laughs> I don't know if we've discussed this before, but uh, maybe not on the podcast. I mean, I am aware of this. You've t- <laughs> you've certainly yeah. mentioned it to me privately before. And, and he, <laughs> it's just there's nothing more that puts you off when you've got like, oh, what's this game about? And it's just there's so many of them out there. There's some kind of like oldie worldy medieval looking chap on the front, and it's just and it's all in sepia. And you're just, no, <laughs> <laughs> why have you done that? It just makes me not want to play that game. Yeah. That uh, kind of- brownie hue over it <laughs> yeah and there's thousands i'm sure like the listeners will be able to reel off a list and they're probably shouting now that saying no these games are great but nah but ticket to ride i have to admit i did enjoy it so my hatred of sepia based games is 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 lessened slightly uh, but yeah that was fine it's quite simple i don't need to explain it i'm sure probably everyone who's listening has probably played it at some point but um yeah it's cool that's good um, yeah Good game. Yeah, nice Good little gaming. I picked up a. I haven't played it yet, but there's a game called Penguin Brawl, which is a little card game. They're advertising it on Facebook their whole kind of games catalogue for twenty quid, which was the core game, two expansions, and then two separate decks of a different game called Find the Pickle. Uh, so I thought for twenty quid it couldn't hurt. Have a You've punt. Got, yeah. So they look all right. I need to play and find the pickle and then find the pickle, not safe for work edition, uh, which um, I'll have to crack out and play at some point. But uh, yeah, yeah, loads going on. Obviously, eating loads of turkey, sleeping sure. on the sofa. Yeah, sure. Wrapping presents, unwrapping presents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that normal malarkey. So, all that yeah, malarkey. Yeah. Is fun? How about you? Very good. Uh, yeah, so, wow, uh, on the non-Dice Masters gaming front, quite a bit. So, my for my little girl, Father Christmas, was it Father Christmas who brought her this? Oh, it might have been my mum. Um, she had a, a little box game called Penny Papers, 
This is like a dice rolling scoring. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if the listeners know, but the Mini Miss Six is her, her first name is Penny. <laughs> so that was the that was the connection there. It's a little penny, and that was that was all right. Yeah, quite fun. Just a, like a numbers game, uh, a race to see who can get the the best combination of numbers throughout their kind of grid based on the dice rolls and then the kung fu zoo the whiskey game kung fu zoo that has proven extremely popular in the hashtag competitive family household not only is the hashtag competitive wife and the two mini sixes taken to that one but so is uh, uncle mr six <laughs> brother-in-law six uh, granny six nanny six they've all gone for it everybody loves kung fu zoo so that's been extremely popular that's a like a dice flicking thing it's basically snooker with dice um what else have we played jeez tons of stuff uh, we got the takinoko expansion chibis gave that a go again that's mini miss six and a panda loving going on there you've got crabs i don't know if you've seen that one it's really really kind of, yeah yeah well I, I read it in the paper um there's been an outbreak in Southampton. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's by the exploding kittens crowd. So that divides people. That one, people aren't so much for exploding kittens. Some people are really for it. We're we're, we're well into the lightweight fun games here. So you've you've got crabs. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Oh, and Azul, we played a bit of Azul. Cracked Azul out uh, the other night too over a glass of wine. So yeah, loads loads of festive gaming. We love a good game in over the Christmas holidays. Yeah. In terms of Dice Masters and the FLGS, our usual standing night is a Tuesday night. So clearly that was that was Christmas <laughs> Day and New Year's Day. So we've not played down the FLGS for the last two weeks. Um, however, the week before we broke up, the guys got together. I, I wasn't there, uh, but the guys got together and played a red, green, and white Christmas themed night. So all Aww. your dice had to be red, green, and white. Um, Very festive. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, as you mentioned before, me and you have been having a few games getting our single affiliation reps in. Loads of stuff. Loads of stuff, mate. Non-stop. Gaming galore. Yeah. I forgot to mention, we got Cluedo for Christmas. <laughs> and it's okay. an awesome game. I've, I haven't played it for years, but it's actually it's really good. Uh, well, all right then. Uh, of course, I've been gluing dice, uh, gluing dice together over Christmas as well. I'm I'm looking at my creation right now. Oh yeah, I am. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my creation right now. Actually, at this it? angle, it looks really good. Yeah. How how big is it? Yeah. It's a bit, bit personal, but um, uh, yeah, it's about it's about um, it's about as big as a sheet of A3, I'd say. Oh crikey! Yeah. It's massive, mate. Massive. Massive, yeah. So I've been gluing some dice together, but yeah, again, we'll talk about that in a second too. So very busy festive season, yeah. Very gaming intensive. Cool. Uh, so who are you? <laughs> well, after after saying um, just anybody, anybody get in touch, we'll give you a shout out in our first episode back in the new year. We got the sum total of no correspondence from anybody. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, what's that all about? Maybe they're only just going to start listening to it now. Maybe yeah. like they work like a month behind. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But Merry Christmas to you all, nonetheless, and a Happy New Year. We're going to bin off. Who are you then? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I was talking about. Um, well, we'll put this out to the listeners uh, of maybe uh, focusing less on individuals and more on stores that play. Oh, okay. I was thinking. I was wondering. I might have instant messaged this over to you. I don't know whether whether a uh, where are you. 
would be more appropriate and people can send in information details about the stores that they play at and you know how often they play and what type of stuff they play there should we give it a go yeah you want to give it a go okay then so let's have a look i'll get the stats up i'm bringing the stats up now um, right well here we go um so our, our top city in the last seven days has been chicago so let's what are you laughing at? I was, trying to, I was thinking about doing a Chicago accent, but I realised that I didn't know what Chicago accent was. Oh, sure. Chicago, the Windy City, famous for Al Capone, of course. Oh, is it? Ah, I'm from Chicago, see? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay thanks, Master, see? This, this might go some way to explain why we don't get correspondence, because we basically just offend the listeners. Um, <laughs> I'm not offending you, see? <laughs> well, Chicago, if you play in Chicago, drop us a line and let us know where you play and how often in Chicago, perhaps with details of the day of the week that you meet up and at what time, and we'll give that a call out instead. Let's see if where are you works better than who are you. Cool. I ain't going to do your jingle unless we get some replies, though. Yeah, let's see how it goes. I mean, uh, most of you have probably got a phone in your hand right now. Yeah, you, to listen got, to this podcast. Yeah, all you got to do is go to BritRoller6.com hit the contact us button or go to facebook.com forward slash the ministry of dice or go to twitter brit roller mr six and drop me a note and you and your local store or gaming club wherever it is you may play can get a bit of a call out on the next episode might even result in attracting you a new player who knows who knows indeed yeah so yeah let's give that a try let's let's switch up who are you for where are you <laughs> and if that doesn't work we can do what are you what are you yeah what are you yeah uh okay let's have a chat about what's going up in this episode then so we're going to move swiftly into a community focus we've got uh, an event we'd like to promote and then there's been some spoilers over the christmas break to have a little chat about or certainly a new, new release announcement following that what else have we got oh we've got a bit of a chat this episode about rampant churn based on some of our recent play experiences and a bit of an atter about uh, good ramp and churn related combos and some <laughs> of the challenges dj ramp and mc churn in the house <laughs> <laughs> or not so much as the case may be no i'm i'm dj not ramping dj can't churn don't know how to but we'll talk about that in the segment and then what else we got oh and then we're going to take a look back at our 10 in 10 by 10, 10 of oh. 10, form, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, format experiments, and just give a bit of a review as to how we think that's gone. And the building stuff we've done. Oh, yeah, and a bit of a chat about that, too. Loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. All right, let's get on with the show. This is London calling. Here is the news. Yes, welcome back, folks, to this community focus segment. Uh, and two key things, I think, unless something else occurs to us as we go along, that we'd like to cover today. The first of which is for UK-based players to draw their attention to the fact that the next MOD PDM, which is Ministry of Dice Presents Dice Masters, for those not in the know, uh, event has been scheduled and is taking place on the 10th of February at Element Games in Stockport. Up in Manchester-ish. 
Ish, yeah, south of Manchester. Uh, yeah, if uh, if you head on over to the Ministry of Dice Facebook page or the UK Dice Masters Facebook page, you'll find details there. But the uh, long and the short of it is, we are playing a golden single affiliation event with a couple of rules and caveats to let people know about. So it's it's golden, but we've we've put a ban list out there. No no UNTs. No half-elf bards, you know which one. No cosmic cubes, again, you know which one. No imprisoned, just because it pisses me and Andy off. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you Well, you do like it, but you know it pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, no sword of revealing light and no relentless, so there's a, there's a bit of a ban list to put out there. We've also split the villain affiliation down by intellectual properties. So if you're playing a villain team in all DC, all Marvel, or God forbid, all Turtles <laughs> villains... Yeah, good luck if you're doing a turtles villain team. <laughs> yeah, although you know, respect if you turn up with one, I've, I'll give you, I'll give you your dues. I think there might be something going on. I haven't looked at it in a while, but there might be something going on with Bebop and Rocksteady, and there might be something going on with that Baxter Stockman dude and his little mice Mauser things. Mm. I'd have to go back and read the cards. Perhaps I'm way off the mark there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, bear that in mind. Any action cards you're using on your team as well must be thematically connected to the team. So you can only use a Batarang if you've got a Justice League or a Bat Family team with a Batman on it. You can only use a Molnir if you've got an Avengers team with a Thor on it. For example, you can only use—I don't know—give me another example. A Danger Room on an X-Men team. Nowhere on a Guardians of the Galaxy team. Uh, yeah, I'd probably let that one through. I'd probably let nowhere through on a Guardians team. No, uh, Captain Cold's Cold Gun. Only on a DC Villains team with Captain Cold on it. Captain Cold on it. Yeah. You get the idea. You get the idea. So uh, make your actions thematic, and your basic actions must belong to the same intellectual property too. So if you're using a Marvel team, you must have Marvel set basic actions. Um, so yeah, that's eight. Uh, that's the eighth. No, not the eighth. The tenth of February, Sunday, the tenth of February. Element Games in Stockport. Head on over to the Facebook page, our Facebook page, for uh, further information. Start times. Get the postcode for the event. Uh, there's a link in there for the event tickets to pre-book your event ticket tickets prizes we've got first place second place fellowship and last place very prestigious awards for those but also the legendary true mr six mystery prize raffle is going to be bust out again as well it's a wonderful waffle <laughs> <laughs> oh dear i interrupt myself with my own amazing humor <laughs> i answer it i you Unterripped. Unterripped, yeah. Oh dear, don't unterrip me, dude. Mate, totally unterripped you. Hey, I tell you what, after four weeks of not recording, we are rusty as. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking as well. Oh, have you? What are you on? Mm. You're you on mango and pineapple cider or something? Uh, yeah, oh well. Some girly concoction. Dark fruits from Sainsbury's. Oh, right, okay. Slowly get aiming towards the uh, white lightning. Slowly getting there, starting off posh. <laughs> End of the year, bottle of white lightning. I'll be doing this from the park. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, mid- that midlife crisis creeps up on us all. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll t- take my new motorbike to the park, drink my white lightning. And then crash it on the way crash back. Crash it on the way back, yeah. <laughs> don't drink and drive, folks. We don't advocate that. Um, so that's anything else to say about the event? Got We're going to be there. Oh, yes. Both of us will be there. So uh, autographs. 
Yeah, to repeat a quote that we got instant message to us the other day, it's not often you get an opportunity to play someone who came third at UK Nats and some other guy. <gasps> so rude. Who's rude? I didn't. I, I take mean, some flack in this podcast. You get the Christmas special there. Uh, I don't remember you taking much flack in the Christmas special. What are you talking about? I have you know that I am a former UK national champion. Uh huh. It's true. I'm the current 2018 Gaming versus Cancer champion. <laughs> yes, you are. Well done on winning that play, Matt. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm currently the head of the Ministry of Dice event. Yeah. yeah. That's another title that I've taken away from me. Mm. I'm not yeah. even the highest ranked UK national at a Worlds event anymore either. Uh, no, you're not. No, that would be um, Mr. Scott, wouldn't it? Would. Everything's gone. You'll have to get yourself into some online stuff, man. Chris and Rob's game room were talking about on on their last stream just before Christmas doing a I can't remember what they called it, but like um, they were going to an invitational where they, they were going to invite people to an online tournament who had been in top fours at international events and stuff. I must have missed my invite. Yeah, I've, I've not had an invite. Um, I don't. I don't, think, I don't think they've set it up yet, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to take the team you took <laughs> to that event. <laughs> yeah, even though there was all different formats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Spug and um, and James are there with their <laughs> global escalation teams. Yeah, I can have my Ultraman Golden before Modern came in team. You can have your Nobby team. Ben can have his Bard team. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah, jeez. That'd be so, fun. That would be fun, yeah. So uh, hurry up and let us know what that's all about then. You know where I am. Yeah, let, let, us, let us know. Uh, anyway, back on track. So, yeah, that's the Ministry of Dice event. The other big news uh, while we were on our festive break was the announcement of the next campaign box and team packs, which, uh, much to our pleasure, are Warhammer 40,000 themed once again. Yeah, they look very cool, don't they? We've only seen the outside box of the campaign box. Yeah, although I like it. I kind of like the... the team packs. Yeah, I kind of like the grey colour on it. And um, if you head on over to dm-north.com, our colonial friends over there were kind enough to post the, uh, what's the word, press release with all the details in it. But it's the Fracture of Biel Tan. Am I saying that right? You're a 40k guy. Does that sound right? Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, Biel Tan. Uh, Biel Tan. Which, which according, to, according to the description, is Demons of Chaos or the Yanari. Which I'm reliably informed by your good self, the Inari are what uh, space elves. They're they're called Eldar. Eldar, that's right. Yeah, I knew that actually. I knew that. Yeah, so the Inari. Uh, so are they like? Is this the? Because um, I remember, this is casting my memory back a long time when I used to vaguely pay attention to what's going on in 40k. Isn't there some um, Eldar that uh, don't they have pointy helmets and dressing clown suits? <laughs> Yanari. Is that the Yanari? I, I don't know. I was just googling it now. I thought you knew because this stuff. Is it if it's not space wolves, you're just not interested? Is that the? It's a new sect of Eldar known as the Yanari. But it's, it's one of those things. If you speak confident about something, that usually people believe you. So um, I just <laughs> just just said it beforehand. But thought yeah. So Yanari, they're a type of Eldar. So Eldar are like elves in medieval fantasy stuff but they're in space they got pointy ears and they're very fast but they're not very 
tough. Well, uh, the Legolas was pretty tough, though, wasn't he? He he was, yeah, he was handy with a bow. I've just I've just emailed uh, emailed Gordon Bennett a light. I just googled Eldar clowns and they were called the Harlequins. Oh, I'm with you now. Yeah, they're a different type of Eldar. They're different. not aligned with the good Eldar or the bad Eldar, but they're like um, performance artists. They do different shows, but they're also hard as nails. Right. They like okay. diamonds on their clothes. Right, so they're like a warrior circus. Yes, that's a really good description. It's a gift, mate. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's a gift. Uh, Demons of Chaos and you know, go on. What you I was going to say, if there was like a warrior circus, I'd join that. You'd join a warrior circus. What would your yeah. What would your talent be? <sighs> Breathing fire. Yeah. Sword swallowing. People. I've heard you're Breathing. a capable sword swallower. I have been known to swallow some swords in my time. Mm. Is that when you're at Cottage Con? <laughs> it was back at private school. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Demons of Chaos and Yunari. <laughs> and then there's the two team facts, uh, the Dark Angels and the Blood Angels, which, uh, well, so I always understood them, Dark Angels and Blood Angels, to be Space Marine um, companies. Is that is that right? Yeah, they're, they're Space Marine um, legions or companies in the in 40k. Yeah, but um, one, one thing I noticed looking at the front card, so that you can see the front card of the Dark Angels, a guy called Cipher, and then yeah. I can see the front card of the Blood Angels on on the promo picture at least, a guy called Commander Dante, uh, and I noticed that they don't have the Space Marine affiliation. Yeah, I noticed that because you were talking about it before, and I thought, well, maybe the Space Wolves one don't have them. Or doesn't have them. Uh, but let me open this box. The space walls do. So all the space walls have the little space marine imperial affiliation. Have you noticed a couple of the dice have got the same symbol as well? Yeah, it looks like they're doing the same signal symbol for the space marine. You've got the little helmet. You've got the dreadnought type symbol. Yeah, does that match up with some of the ultramarines and the space walls? Yeah, the Ultramarines have got the same kind of Space Marine helmet buttons for the... Let's see if we can dig them out and have a look. So you've got the Grey Hunters on the Space Wolves and Primaris Intercessors. They've got the same dice. The Dreadnought ones have got the same dice. You've got two lots of Chainswords type picture. They're the same. So yeah, it looks like they're just yeah, that's kind of cool. Okay, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's, it's uniformality in it, like across the across the like you say legions. Is that what they call them in forty k speak? That's got a thirty k before um, the Horus Heresy. Then they got called um, chapters. Chapters, okay, chapters. There you go. So um, uh, interesting news. Certainly great to see that forty k is here to stay. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. I'd like to see them. I'm going to go off topic again. I can't like to see them being off doing a campaign box along with two team packs. Right. And just have more churny team packs. We, uh, talk, have we spoken about this before? Yeah, again, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. We certainly discussed it privately, like the uh, Final Fantasy model where they bring out a... Um, oh, well, they used to be called Force Packs in Star Wars LCG that I used to play. So you'd have a, you'd have a campaign box and then there'd be six... 
Uh, I don't think they were called campaign boxes either. But you'd have, and then you'd have six subsequent force packs following a campaign box yeah. over one a month for a six month period. Then another expansion, and then six team packs to to grow that. And I believe they do the same with Thrones and uh, yeah, Arkham Horror. They do like a deluxe box, which is the start of a story campaign. And you've got the six little mini packs that come out monthly afterwards that you can then play through the different missions. But yeah, they do it with all their different card games. And um, I don't know, but it would make sense to me that they could probably churn out more little packs on a regular basis. Yeah, sure. So like um, the Demons of Chaos then, again, drawing on your 40k experience, do they do they team up often with um, the kind of um, the plaguey demons that the first... <laughs> yeah, so the, the Chaos Space Marines, you've got the four different, uh, I'll use the wrong word, but kind of religions or gods, chaos gods. You've got the Corn God, which is a bloodthirsty, murdery god. Right. You've got Nurgle, which is the one, like the, the Death Guard in the, the Battle for Ultramar set with their kind of plagues and pestilence and diseases. You've got Slanesh, which is all to do with naughty, sexy stuff. Oh, and then right. Zinch or to Zinch or Zinch, uh, which is all to do with magic and changing timelines and and stuff like that. So you've got that, those four kind of factions within it, and then you've got the Space Marines, and then you've got the Demons, which kind of follow each four. So you could potentially have eight characters on your Dice Masters team, four different factions of the Chaos Space Marines, and then four different types of Demons, which would be quite cool. Yeah, so uh, the only reason I asked that is that it, it would have been nice. To, so, like, Space Marines are clearly getting a bolster to their ranks. Um, if uh, Chaos is clearly getting a bolster to its ranks, if it turns out that the Blood Angels and the Dark Angels, the absence of the Space Marine symbol is just, um, I don't know, an oversight. Free production or something. Yeah, yeah. Then that, that means that that's kind of two affiliations getting a strong boost. But then you've kind of got just one small batch of orcs and you'll have one small batch of eldar then won't you you know yeah which takes us back to what you're saying around well wouldn't it be nice if each each faction got a little boost to its ranks yeah every i suppose you need to get have a kind of core set of stuff out so maybe they'll do a load of campaign boxes and then step back in the in the future so maybe they'll like produce the what have you got you've got the x-men got the justice and the 40k one and whatever they do with wwe so maybe those will be the 2019 kind of core boxy sets and then after that we'll just get kind of a flurry of different team packs with different additions to the different affiliations you have a few extra space marines here and there you get some eldar you get some orcs maybe maybe yeah maybe maybe maybe, maybe not Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Well, in any case, it's good to see that 40k is is here to stay. Um, the estimated uh, release time for these, I'm just scrolling through. 2027. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't see it. it's not leaping out the page at me as to when these will be, but I'm sure I saw an estimate because it was from the solicits page that they. Did. Oh, June 2019. June 2019 oh, cool. for them, yeah. 
Um, so that's that's nice to see, um, and some certainly some potentially very interesting content in those cards there. So there you go. That's the community focus. I don't think there's anything else to update the folks from. So if you're in the UK, go and check out details of the MOD PDM that's taking place early February. And for everybody else, uh, head on over to DM-North and um, swoon over the, the campaign box picture. <laughs> yeah. Have a look at the dice and start making your best guesses. Excellent. Right, should we move on to the next segment then, my man? I think we should. Cool. Okay, on to the next segment then. Here we are then, boys and girls. And for this next segment now, we'd like to have a little bit of a natter about bag management, ramp and churn. Yes, indeed. So we're having a chat about what kind of Dice Masters related things we could talk about in this episode. And one thing that I think the terms are used often, but uh, what do they mean and what can we use to, to do them? Well, yeah, absolutely. So, well, there's a bit of a deeper context on this, I suppose, because this actually has been a topic of conversation between me and you for for some time now, because I, I'll readily and happily admit that ramping, well, ramping, I suppose, is all right, but bag management and churn and just kind of that thing, you know, managing your dice to get the outcome that you're looking for is a significant weakness of mine and i mess it up all the time and you've given me a lot of advice over um over the years when we've been doing our play testing and preparing for competitive events and stuff yeah it's it's i think the 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 next level up i mean yes you can you know work out what needs to attack what you should what blockers you could keep back what you shouldn't attack with and that side of things but it's another aspect of us getting the things out quickly and when you need them and um you know purchasing the bigger characters and that kind of next level up from going from a good player to a great player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Paul Forward, who I play with regularly, uh, every time he sees me kind of scoop the dice out, we bag to have a look at seeing what I've got in there, where I might always go, whoop, bag management. <laughs> However, the irony of that is that I usually miscount or mess it up anyway. <laughs> so I'll give you an example as to the kind of challenge. This only happened last night when I was playing down at my FLGS. I was mimic ramping. We'll talk about what it means in a minute, but I was mimic ramping. Um, I thought I'd set myself up so that I was going to be able to purchase a dice, and then I had Resurrection Global, and I was going to be able to res the dice I purchased straight across and have it set and ready to go in my prep area for the following turn. So... I was all over it, man. I was all over it, playing like a boss. So I thought. Until it came to the point of resing, and I realised that I still had a dice left in my bag. One lonely sidekick. Because Schoolboy error. Yeah, schoolboy error. Apparently I can't count to eight, is the, <laughs> is the bottom line of that. So um, it's all good and well. And I, I saw this at the UK Games Expo as well. So uh, Stuart Dixon, uh, our resident custom blank art card creator, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, you know, he was trying to use the eight cost Thanos that deals damage equal to a fielded villain's attack when that villain is fielded. But uh, ramping up to the purchase of eight, he was doing fine. But what was then happening was the purchase was kind of interrupting the flow. The ramp was going all messy. The Thanos itself, because of the you know the bag management journey bit, was disappearing into the bag. It was taking a while to come through, you know. So even though, you know, like you say, there's it's that next step up. I think many of us can put ourselves in a position where we've got the purchasing power to make a big purchase, but then keeping the momentum going. Nice. Excuse me, I got momentum. Yeah. 
Uh, I was saying that while having a little little bit of a um, a curry burp. Oh, nice. Yes. Is that, do you have curry tonight? I did indeed. Yeah, it was nice actually, with a couple yeah. of pita breads. What, nice what, chicken curry. What type? Uh, I don't know. A kind of ready thing. Joe Frazee, do piazza. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't particularly spicy. The hashtag competitive wife made it and froze it, so I just um, she, she's out tonight. So I just <laughs> I just did a freezer dinner for myself. Oh, nice. <laughs> just, just grabbed what looked edible <laughs> <laughs> in a Tupperware tub out the freezer. Kind of got a bit of a it had a bit of a fruity edge to it. Nice. That's right, folks. Premier Dice Masters podcasting yeah, right here, right one. now. You can, you know, if you if you take a look online, you'll see that we are, yeah, we're the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so do you want to explain? Yeah, so that, that's that's the deeper context. Do you want to explain some of those terms I'm using then, my man, and clear it up for anyone who's unfamiliar with what we're talking about? Yeah, so sit back if you know what we're talking about then. Shut your ears off for a bit. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so when Chris says kind of res a dice through to the prep area, uh, what he's using is resurrection label, pay a shield, draw a die, and put it in your prep area. Mm. Uh, he's purchasing a dice that turn. There is nothing in his bag. So when he uses the global, he's picking out a dice from used to go into his bag to then take it back out of his bag put it into the prep area that only works if you've used all of your dice that turn or you know you've got nothing left over to come out of your bag uh, therefore anything that you've used that turn goes into the transition zone or how to play whatever you want to call it so that uh, you can uh, buy something spend a shield and you can guarantee it next turn before you fill your bag up with all the rest of the shiz um, stuff. Uh, stuff that you've used to get there Mimic ramp is a way of ramping, uh, ramping, by the way, and there's a good article if you go back and listen to one of the double bursts, they talk a lot about ramp and churning one of them. Ramp is basically having more dice or more energy so you can buy the bigger characters. So you mimic ramp is when you have mimic in the field, a common mimic, I think it is, where when you field a sidekick, draw two dice from your bag and put it in your prep area. Yeah, borrowed and talent is his subtitle. That's the one. And then you can either field cap the sidekicks that you've rolled for those dice to be taken out of your bag. And then in a similar vein to Resurrection that we've just explained, you're taking two dice out of your bag and put them in the prep area. So if you've bought something and there's not two dice already in your bag, you can pick that straight through from used in your bag and back out again to the prep area. And what I did for Nationals unsuccessfully was to uh, use the new Professor X Global where you can pay a mask and field a sidekick from your used pile. Therefore, not only taking a sidekick out of your used pile, if it's your own turn, but then you're also drawing two dice through so you can maximise the um, chance to get a character. Uh, and in the Billy Club, which makes a sidekick into a mask, you can then turn that sidekick into a mask to do it again on your opponent's turn. I hope that's a nice brief description that's not bored too many people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will all be listening intently, even those who know what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm using when we use the terminology churn, of course, we're talking about those that purchase dice, getting them through that cycle of out of your use pile into your bag and back out and rolled so that you can make use of them. So you're you're churning through you know the bilge to get to the good stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and in modern, I have to admit that I don't think that there's that many obvious good rampy churny choices. Well, uh, um, I suppose I'd take a little bit of issue with that statement uh, because I think there's good ramp choices. I just don't think they're. Um, well, number one, are you just missing your your beloved bald headed idiot? Yeah, you know, like it's um, it, it was so easy to do in the golden context. The, the newer ones are harder work, which would be a fair comment, certainly. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not that he's lacking ramp. It's just I think the choices and the the range of stuff you can do is not quite. You know, it, it takes a lot more to get it done, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. So the uh, old uh, Professor X Global, which is to pay a mask and take two dice out of your used pile and put them into your prep area uh, was something that you could spam quite a lot it wasn't restricted in how many times you could do it and you could do it on your turn and your opponent's turn did change how you looked at the game because as, as you quite rightly said with the Acos Thanos that our man Stu was trying to, to buy and get out if you don't have any masks left over suddenly you've got a bag full of everything uh, so you need to be kind of careful on your, your timing and maybe kind of use a, a a way of drawing it out through your bag like a resurrection yeah. uh, or similar uh, yeah. as well. But it, it was it, it, it was super powerful because not only did it serve as that early ramp to get you your bigger purchases, but then later game, removing those sidekicks from your use pile so that you were increasing the chances, or you know, if you were manipulating it really well, but just setting it up as a dead cert that the good purchases were going to be an extra out your bag. Yeah. Um, so it was extremely powerful. But the thing is, it was one card with a easy to use globe. I say easy to use, um, but certainly easily accessible global for a mask. Whereas, like you say, with mimic before, you need your mimic and at least your Professor X global, or or a, a manner of getting your sidekicks out. Um, yeah. And protecting guarantee. that mimic is also a priority because he copies the attack and defense of a sidekick. It's making you very vulnerable to magic missile being something that I can think of straight away. Yeah, just uh, jubilee ping. Um, he's June. not a, you know, he's not going to stick around. He's not got a big back end. No, no, and I, I used to do not even my magic missile shooting your minute. Yeah, yeah. So that's got to be a consideration as well. Yeah, and as you say, you know, if you if you really want to maximise using that, not just to ramp, but to manage your bag and to churn too, you need stuff like the Billy Club in there to, to help you out. Yeah, so what other things are there? I mean, Well, there's Dark Side, uh, of course. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, protect, you need a sidekick in the field. Uh, so the Dark Side, I'm talking about the Super Rare from the Batman set that gives all sidekicks swarm. That's an inc- when it goes off, though. Uh, um, I've used Dark Side Swarm Ramp and Churn, uh, played around with it quite a bit. And when it goes off, I mean, you, you are absolutely whatever you've bought, you're guaranteed to get it next turn, you know, swarming your sidekick dice through. But you are again challenged by protecting the sidekick specifically. If you want to absolutely guarantee it, then you, you need something like the PHG Global or Crystal who can spin question marks to sidekicks to make sure you've got one in the field. Mm. You know, and then protecting it with whatever your protection solution is for it there. But the, the churn capacity on dark side, but he's a six cost, so it's like you're ramping up to buy a ramp card. It's it could be a bit tricky, and you can do things to to get put yourself in a position to buy that six cost dice. But um, you know, the effort you, again with your mimic, you know, you you're ending up using four of your card slots, all dedicated to setting yourself up to get the 
dark side purchase and then getting him out and then getting a sidekick out. It's explosive when it happens, but it's got a long fuse. <laughs> I like that. that. That's a very good metaphor. Is that right? Yes, that is a metaphor. Yeah. Or is, it, or is it a simile? Because I said it is like. Does it become a simile when you use like? Maybe. Maybe. We're, we're, Don't know the we're, so, folks, if you're out there, if you've got any kids need any help with their English homework. Don't ask us. Yeah, we're no use to it at all. Uh, but that does then lead me into talking about Swarm, which is the same again. I think Swarm, as a ramp tactic, I've found a, uh, another one I've used a lot. I know you've been playing with Swarm lately. As a ramp ta- tactic, it can feel a bit slow mm. because uh, it requires, and um, even if you're using cheap Swarm dice, I've found it can be a bit slow because you've got to kind of, you need to buy one, get one in the field, and then buy the other three. Of you know, battle stats, Kree soldiers, Tringers, whatever you're using. So when it happens and when it turns through your bag really nicely, but um, getting it going early doors can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, and you've got to think about the competitive teams out there that can, for example, Ring of Winter, you buy Ring of Winter, you buy a Gold Dragon, you Ring of Winter in the Gold Dragon, Vishdi Vashdi Bosh, what turn three you've got. Yeah. 10 damage in your face whilst you could be like on oh, by my third Siri battle stack yeah. <laughs> I'm down 10 damage <laughs> yeah absolutely now now some of them have got pretty decent fun game techs like the battle stack can be handy for kind of combat damage if you want to overwhelm your opponent because they, they just get bigger and stronger I uh, came across uh, I think it was Spug's team he was playing the infiltrate Kree soldier along with the force attack global he's like well I don't want to let. I can't let it through because he'll just infiltrate it back, <laughs> you know. So there's there's some stuff you can do there definitely, but it's it's a lot slower. But you might find that it suits your purposes because there's a fun game text that enhances your strategy. But yeah, it's it, like you say. I'm buying. I'm I'm. I bought one. I've got him round. I've got him in the field. Now I'm buying the others for the ramp and churn that it gives me. But there's already something in my face. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's that's always kind of in the thing with with Swarm the way I've seen it. I mean, Multiple Man, going back to Golden, uh, was a fantastic example with the Lantern Ring. I'm sure many people listening will think back very fondly to Mask Lantern Rings and, and having multiple men uh, swarming out your bags left, right and centre and the amount of masks that it produces and then Lantern Ring attack and do a load of damage. That was very prevalent when I went to Worlds. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course he had the six dice, so the Swarm potential with him like dark side with sidekicks was was really powerful uh, you did mention the ring of winter just then of course that's got a, a a pretty handy um what what would be described as a ramping global yeah what was that do you pay pay a bolt, bolt for a six cost character you discount the six cost character by two you're in effect making your six cost character a five cost yes yes that is good yeah and there's also the Cree captain who for two fists discounts your next purchase by three which is stuff sorry you're discounting yeah so it's not, it's not really so the, obviously the disadvantage of that is that it doesn't help you with your churning it can help you get to those purchases so it's in effect contributing to your you know your ramping but it won't help you get them through the bag any faster so i I've, i tend to find myself using for example i've been playing around with Cree captain and Cree soldier and the swarm and the discount in in tandem you know yeah yeah, it's good. Uh, what else have we got in modern spot? When you draw a dice from your bag, draw another one. Yes, yeah, and I've seen that being used a lot with the investigate or investigation. 
basic action. Yeah, so instead of drawing six, is it two dice with investigations, isn't it? Yeah, you would draw four, four. using spots. That's the uncommon spot. Of, again, <clears throat> protecting spot can be a challenge. If you roll him on his level one, he's only got one defense. So the same challenge you'd have with your swarming characters or your mimic ramp where you're trying to keep things alive so that your ramp doesn't get completely cut off is a challenge. But it's it's great churn. I, I've used it and found that when it's working, it's really working. But if your opponent's getting in the way and interfering with it somehow... <laughs> can really slow you down scarlet witch you know just haunts yeah. me when i've used spot investigate ramp for now or buy in your investigations yeah yeah that's that's been a problem mm. uh, spot also works well i've played around a little bit with a combo that our matt jordan our, our man matt jordan um uh, towards, uh, when he was on the episode which is with uh, sam wilson when you field a sidekick draw a die and roll it yes uh, and uh, you have that and spot out i used it with the ally wong and so you uh, you feel the sidekick you draw two dice you roll them hopefully you get a sidekick or you get a uh, an ally you feel them you get to draw two more and you can kind of churn through your bag buying things and bringing them straight into the uh, to the field and and you can kind of rack up quite a big kind of lineup in the uh, the field zone pretty quickly with that. Yeah. Uh, so that's quite nice. Yes. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting suggestion. Thank you, my man. Uh, and then of course you've got your classic prepping globals, resurrection, and villainous pact. They're still knocking around in modern. Uh, resurrection. Uh, yes. Resurrection was in the Superman Wonder Woman starter, and the villainous pact I think was a mighty Thor action yeah. it's got Loki yeah. on the picture so they are you know, single energy globals villainous pact is a mask resurrection is a shield experienced players will be very familiar with these that will just prep a, a single dice um, although villainous pact does have a caveat that can sometimes require a bit of working around because you can't have anything in the prep area at the point at which you do it yeah yeah so you need to make sure it's clear and you've not done anything to put anything else in there which yeah. kind of answers that in question. But um, yeah, I mean, with that, with the prepping globals, you can run with just them up to a certain point. What I seem to try and do, well, what I try and do with Resurrection is you've got a pretty solid turn three start that we spoke about um, before we started recording. Uh, so you can buy something with your, your first three or four dice on your first roll. Uh, when your next roll happens... Uh, you can you roll your four dice. You've got whatever you bought the first turn and the uh, the four in your used pile. Uh, you can then buy something else, resurrect, and uh, you are pretty much guaranteed the uh, the characters to come out on turn three. Uh, works better if you can kind of PXG out a sidekick uh, into the field zone because uh, then you've got the five characters there. So you're definitely getting them, or you use resurrection first before you buy anything else you can definitely get that first turn character bought and then after that point i kind of look at it as if you've got almost like two different sets of dice so you've got whatever's in your your used pile whatever's coming out of your bag then each turn you bring out out your dice from your bag and you want to resurrect in five so that you know what you put in next turn and then each turn you're trying to make sure that what you're putting out is going to be the, the, 
everything in your bag so you're constantly kind of getting one side and then the other so you get one group of dice you know what's coming out a bit of character if you feel it or you feel a sidekick to make sure that you've got the, still the four or the five so you can bring that through then the next one's going into your use pile so then you're resurrecting again that next turn and you can kind of churn that way so you're constantly getting those dice through your bag each time you're uh, you're resurrecting uh, it's a bit of a challenge if you don't hit a character and you get a couple double energy or if you want to go for something big or you want to try and buy a couple of characters per turn then you've got to think twice about it to make sure you keep those numbers right it is a bit fiddly but uh, it can work with the the right combination of characters and depending on what you want to do to uh, to win the game yeah, well, so on my journey to improve my bag management and my churn playing, the the use of those types of globals, resurrection specifically, I'm getting a bit better at using it just very early doors, as you described, to set myself up for a, a third turn guarantee that I'll be getting the dice that I want. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's my team on a lot of, a lot of uh, builds solely for that first kind of couple of turns. So you know that turn three, you're getting out what you want, and then I might not even use it again. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, um, uh, do you know um, Kingpin used to churn dice? Did he? Yeah, he used to move sidekicks from the use part of your prep area when he took damage. Well, there you go. That's another... Uh, but he was in Amazing Spider-Man, so he's not modern legal. Golden. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, undoubtedly, we missed something out. So please do get in touch. Give us a shout. Let us know what your interesting ramp and churn techniques are. Uh, and we'll, maybe we'll revisit this and, and share any correspondence from listeners with some interesting suggestions. The wackier, the better, as far as we're concerned. But certainly, if you're a newer player out there and you've heard us use these phrases liberally uh, without any context, hopefully that'll clear it up a little bit for you. Cool. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Well, without further ado, we'll get on to the next segment. Okay, then, dear listeners. So this segment here now is a, a, a bit of a reflective piece, a look back on the 10 in 10, 10 by 10, 10 of 10. 10, 10, 10. Segment. <laughs> Format. <laughs> so we, in back in, was it October, maybe November time? Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was about October, November time, yeah. Yeah, we we were looking at oh well when was uh, when was Worlds because it was on the Worlds thing that caught our eye wasn't it so that was early December so it must have been yeah back end of October anyway I'm in the weeds who cares we uh, we were just looking at some of the other formats that WizKids were experimenting with we had a little run of trying out Global Escalation we even set up uh, one of our Ministry of Dice events over here in the UK around Global Escalation one that caught our eye was the ten in ten event which was your team must be made up of ten cards. It's modern, 10 cards in the modern format that were from different sets. Uh, and we thought we'd make a couple of teams, give it a little go, see whether it was a format worth exploring more or um, just gathering some thoughts around it. So we both went away, built two teams of 10 different cards and then played it for a few weeks in our online hangout games just to get a feel for it, tinkered with them, played around with the teams, changed them, did the thing that we do. Uh, and we're about ready to say... We don't like 10 in 10. Yeah, I don't like 10 in 10. Yeah, we don't like 10 in 10. To be fair, I think 10 in 10 is... <laughs> the, the, the the fun is in the team building more than the play in the game. Yes, I yeah. I think if you're that kind of person that loves tinkering away, constantly building different teams, 
having that challenge and that restriction of how are you going to get in a win con, ram, defensive cards, what basic actions that you can then use and and fitting all those pieces together into a a really restricted card choice, uh, then, you know, have at it. This is going to be the one for you. It's it's just insanely infuriating when you when you're tinkering with a team and you think, oh, do you know what? Yeah. This 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 one card would do that job better, and then you swap swap it out, and then you've got two from say four set. So then you've got to then switch out that other card, and then when you've done that, you've got to switch out another card because you've done the same thing, and then before you know it, you've you've got twelve different cards than from what you've started because of that one change around. It's like, well, that worth it? No. Yeah, and that's the crux of it, really, is that. So um, I've spoken about this before, uh, for, for sure. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of setting up theme events where you might go, right, I'm going to play this win condition in this event. And you start building your team around it. And you go, oh, man, because of the theme, my usual go to card isn't there. So now I'm going to have to perhaps build. If I want to stick with that Wincon, I'm going to have to perhaps going to have to build it with the the B version of or a less exciting version. So I might need a bit of removal, let's say hypothetically. And normally you might go for you know Shriek, three cost Shriek, popular, but in the theme format you can't have Shriek, so you go for maybe a, a KO mechanic instead as a replacement to fill that gap. But the problem, like you say, the problem with ten in ten is it's not just about sourcing an alternative for, from a broader theme. Is the minute you move one card out of your team, if you can't replace it with something that sits in the set that you're using, and bear in mind we were playing team packs as one one slot, mm. then the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 a, it, no. It, again, it's a challenge, and you can certainly. Uh, play around with it and you know if you sat at work board you can start you know putting things in and out and if you're that's kind of kind of inclined then good good for you but i'm not um and it's it just it was crazy i remember thinking all right let's give an example so what was i i was using avalanche from x-men as kind of to ko everything wasn't i so it was avalanche and the staff of the forgotten one yeah Uh, and then you were fielding a villain with the staff of the forgotten one and then it was knocking everything out because everything takes damage and knocks everything out Uh, and the supporting cards there so there was the collector uh, Malekith uh, with to make everything a villain so you saw your sidekicks a villain so you could field a sidekick and kind of trigger that effect and trying to switch in and things in and out was was just majorly annoying I'm not describing this very well. No. Uh, In your defence, though, my my 10 in 10 team had a lot of villain hate, which I think caught you with your pants down a little bit, didn't it? It did. It did. The team might have done better uh, against a different different 10 in 10 team. Uh, But, um, no, it's just really infuriating uh, because it's really restricts down, like two costs. I was searching for a, a, a two cost because, in my opinion, you should always have a two cost in any team. And with the card choices I had, I had the, with the choice of four two cost cards <laughs> without changing the whole idea and strategy of the, the team. And there was only four to choose from, and all four of them were, weren't the best fit for what you were trying to do, were they? <laughs> they were bobbins. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was quite quite infuriating for, for me i like to have a more a broad well i don't mind restrictions like for example our single affiliation that we've we've moved on to for uh, our uh, mopdm 
that's quite fun. You're restricted, but you've got quite a big card pool, especially because we're doing golden. But you know, you can have the same cards from the same set. Yeah. So um, uh, by comparison, uh, so the single affiliation that we're playing around with, uh, I've noticed that the a couple of the affiliations i've been experimenting with i've got a ramp problem and so i've been a bit like oh man where am i going to get my ramp from so i thought well i'll have a look at the basic actions but the basic actions aren't quite helping well i think i found my solution now it went pretty well for me last time we played didn't it um but i've still got options at my fingertips it's not so drilled down restrictive that to remove a card and then go right what what might be a replacement to play around with here or to insert a new combo to try and achieve what you want to achieve doesn't crumble the whole thing because you're going oh well damn it that's that would be perfect for that combo and that's that's in that team pack so i've got to take this other card out now from that team pack and try and fill that with something else well what sets haven't i done anything from oh i can take one out of 40k but none of these in 40k fit what i'm trying to do you know it's just uh yeah i think infuriating was the right word yeah because I hadn't bought the um, Avengers Infinity or the two team packs had I when we started playing. No, that's also um, true, yeah, yeah. I ended up buying them just so that I could have an extra twice <laughs> team pack or like source to get another card in. I would have bought them anyway, obviously, but it, it certainly expediated the purchases. But then, well, maybe well done, WizKids, for having that as a, a subconscious way of using that <laughs> yeah getting you to buy more yeah maybe that's what it was all about yeah i think yeah we're all for restricted formats that that give you a team building challenge and yes it was a very interesting team building challenge i think if you manage to get your team there or thereabouts together in the first swing and then it really is just tinkering which i would argue kind of is where my team was at then that's kind of okay, although still disruptive. But if if you're the type of player like your good self, Andy, who likes to kind of get your reps in, play around, change things in and out, have um, you know, give uh, uh, give a team a real kind of rotation sideboard of cards to mm. see what what fits and works for you, then it's not a great format for you. Yeah, I don't often know how a card works until I start playing it. You seem to be more able to kind of visualise in your head how it's going to work. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't think, I, like, you, you read it, but until you got the dice out and you're working out how it all goes ahead, uh, it, it doesn't quite click for me. So uh, it was quite a challenge in that respect. But even then, someone like me who spends ages, you know, writing card reviews on the blog and thinking about what things might combo with, even I found that, like, oh, man. Uh, and you would message me on a Tuesday saying, we're playing 10, 10, 10 tomorrow, and I'd be like, ugh. <laughs> well yeah but i really wanted to change that one card but the change of one card is actually an hour-long team building mission rather than a quick <laughs> <laughs> than the quick switch out that you know it might be in other formats so yeah, you, you went to the loo and then when you come back i had like my dice boxes my collector's boxes all open <laughs> yeah. cards everywhere trying to work out because i wanted to switch one out and then i had to go searching for another one and I know. and i'd only gone for a quick tinkle oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'd not even settled in <laughs> so yeah there you go folks that's we're we're, we're wrapping up 10 in 10 i don't think we're going to come back to it we're, our focus is now single affiliation because that's what we've chosen to set the upcoming ministry of dice uh, event as so we'll happily share uh, our thoughts and and whatnot on that um nearer the time i think cool uh yeah so we'll um <laughs> we will let you know more kind of 
back of, oh, well, we'll have our usual rundown of the event and then we can talk about the different things we've tried. I will, I've already made my way through two different affiliations uh, already, so there'll be plenty to talk about. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So uh, 10 in 10 is getting put to bed and we're going to f- concentrate our attention on single affiliation. I will let you know. Right then, folks. Well, today is a very special day, not just because you're getting uh, a new episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast, but because there's also two very, very interesting eBay listings that we would like to draw your attention to. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, would you like to remind the folks about the challenge that you set me back in... Well, in the episode before our break. Yeah, of course. So we have all this surplus dice that we need to do something with. It's taking up space in our houses and our wives are getting more and more infuriated. In fact, my big box is in the boot of the car because there's nowhere else I can put it that won't get showered at. Uh, <laughs> and so we are going to, well, the, the plan is we, we built something out of the dice. What will it be? Who knows? Who knows? Yes. Yeah, well, so mine mine is actually um all planned out ready to go. There's a bit of gluing left to do, but I have forged my creation. I set the mini sixes on the task. I gave them some ice cream tubs. Uh, and told them what colour dice I right. needed. <laughs> and they managed to <laughs> occupy themselves for a little while digging out the colours. I planned it out with the capable help of the hashtag competitive wife, who knows a little bit about crafty activity. And, yeah, my, I'm looking at it right now. All set, ready to go. I mean, it is, it is completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what use anyone might, could or couldn't be able to make with it. I'll have to admit, my architect has only just got back to me with the plans. So as we record this, which is Wednesday, the 2nd of January, mine is still (laughs) just individual dice. I've just noticed a mistake in mine as well. Oh, dear. However, by Monday, it'll be built of a team of engineers standing by. Okay, very good. Yeah, very good. So, So I usually prep the podcast up on a Sunday night. So uh, I won't put the links. The links probably won't be in the description of this. We'll fire them out over the Facebook page separately on Monday night. Cool. That'll give us, um, so that just gives us a little bit more weekend time to finish off our, I mean, that's going to take me ages to finish that gluing. It's taken me ages to do that today. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the amount of time I put, and it's useless. That's the the other thing. It's absolutely useless, but it looks great, I think. Can't wait to see it. The suspense is killing me. Yeah, I think yours will be better. You're more capable than me at this sort of thing. Well, we'll see. I haven't started it yet. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true. I have actually only used one, two, three colours. I've got a fourth colour separated there. I might might throw a little bit of something on for flavour. Sounds quite well thought out then. Um, Yeah, I mean, I had the idea pretty swiftly. I, I mean, there was an ambitious element to it that hasn't come to fruition as i started to try and put it together i was like this ain't gonna work or if it i could do it but it would look really shabby and rubbish ain't nobody paying any money for that yeah um oh and and we should point out actually so when it goes up on ebay the um the 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 contest element of this is to see whether i or my good man andy there who, who raises the most funds via the ebay auction that's the that's the contest element so we'll start them both at a 99p listing uh, plus whatever appropriate postage i think mine might be yeah i don't know we'll list them international but as long as you those who are bidding internationally understand that mine probably might come up come apart in the post (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you might want to have a look at what in the pictures and see what dice are in there, and if there's some dice you need or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I see a picture of someone smashing yours with a hammer, like the, the odd like spot dice that they've been after for six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, well, yeah, you know, it's, uh, once you paid for it, that's if that's what you want to do, then that's that's your that's your thing. I might keep a record of where all the dice went so i could replicate it again so uh yeah and then any money that we do raise the funds will go into the prize fund pot for uh the next mod pdm pdm yeah oh well do you know what i'll tell you what if, well depending on how much we make if it's if it's enough uh, if it's a high enough price i'll um i'll split it in half i'll put half in the prize pot for the mod pdm i'll put the other half uh into the gaming versus cancer pot oh okay cool yeah i don't think we'll be making that much money don't i no no i mean it'd be a bit ridiculous i, I think we'll make 99p each <laughs> plus postage and packaging <laughs> dear gaming versus cancer we had a great competition please find enclosed a check for 27p <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no thank you kind regards Ministry of Dice. <laughs> well, in any case, uh, so uh, later on this evening, um, uh, Monday night, that will be as you're listening to this. If you listen to this when it comes out, of course, uh, there'll be how long are we doing listening for? Seven day listings? Yeah, so, yeah, seven day listing. So if you're late listening to it, oh, have you missed out? Yeah, wow. That, um, that Taj Mahal made a dice that I did was incredible. It. It'll go really well with the Big Ben that Andy made. The <laughs> <laughs> Big Ben. Yeah. That's what you want to call it. Is it? Well, that's what I thought. That's that tall. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down that route. Let's not go down that route. This yeah, isn't so, a Christmas special. It's not, no. So there you go, folks. Keep your eyes out for that. Hit an eBay. We'll, uh, we'll put the links up on our Facebook page for all to see, along with pictures. And may the highest bidder win. Don't let us down. Good luck. Yeah, and good luck to you, sir. All right, excellent. Uh, right, let's wrap it up there, then. Yes, ladies and gents, sadly, all good things must come to an end, and this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed recording it. UK players, don't forget, 10th of February for the next Ministry of Dice presents. Look forward to that one. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Then come on back to our Facebook page on Monday night, the 11th... No, what? No? The 7th. The 7th of January uh, to get the eBay links to our creations. Uh, take a look at what we made and then, of course, make a bid. Bid for mine. Uh, no, bid for mine. It would be amazing. I genuinely do think that yours will be better than mine. I'll make a campaign box out of dice... Well, that'd be good, yeah. I mean, that'd be useful. That'd be practically handy. Mine's got no practical purpose <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we'll be back in two weeks. So I've been Chris, a.k.a. Drew Mr. Six. I've been Andy, a.k.a. Varro Targaryus. Ah, Varro Targaryus, yeah. He's, uh, so, it's a um, good card, that. It is a good card. So when it says other on that card... <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll see you in a fortnight, boys and girls. Thank you, bye.
dude, you got to do the worst ones first. Eat the frog and all that, innit? I know, I know. I've got, I've got a uh, aquarium frog to deal with tomorrow morning. <laughs> an aquarium? That's what you get frogs in, then. Oh, yeah. Is it an aquarium for frogs? A... Um... Oof. A tank of frogs seems a bit... Frog a pond tank. of frogs? Uh, oof. Uh, I'm Googling this bad boy. Me too. What do <laughs> you keep frogs in? Garlic butter. 